With us today is Bryce Henson, the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, the world's fastest growing fitness bootcamp franchise. Having nearly 20 years of fitness business experience and owning his own fit body location, his passion is spreading fitness to the world through business coaching. I am really excited to have Bryce on the show because we have been talking backstage and he has a great message to share with you. So stick around. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to Rat Race Reboot. I'm your host, Laura Noel. And as a certified coach and former 27-year military leader, each week I provide bite-sized mindset pivots that will help you reset your mind, reawaken your spirit, and regain your control. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Rat Race Reboot. Bryce, welcome to the show. Laura, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to chat with you today. Oh, me too. And, you know, we were just talking in our green room and we were just sharing stories. And your story is really fascinating. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, and I think you're going to help a lot of people and inspire them through what we're talking about today. I'd love to hear a bit about your story and how how did your journey um, end up here where you are today, the CEO of your business? Well, that's an incredible question. A little bit long-winded, but I'll dive in. Uh, yeah. Certainly people look at me as the fitness guy, as the CEO guy, the business guy, the leader uh, by running uh, Fit Body Bootcamp, which is an international fitness franchise. And those things are all true, but I always like to start my origin story, if you will, long before the fitness and the business and really uh, in my youth. And I think there's some good takeaways. Even we were chatting, Laura, off, off, uh, offline. Um, there's a good message that I can share uh, with our audience. And for me, my first 10 years were I grew up in the Southeast United States, about an hour away from Atlanta. Uh, I grew up in a double wide trailer park. And that wasn't because of my mother, who's a sweet lady from the Midwest, just an incredible soul. So I'm super grateful for. Unfortunately, we lived there and had a very volatile first 10 years of my life because my father, who was a drug addict, addicted to alcohol and gambling, which is not the trifecta for a good family upbringing, as you would imagine. And certainly I'm not alone in that. And certainly there's many other audience members that can you know, resonate or uh, really empathize. Um, but my first 10 years were very, very volatile. And um, thankfully, after you know a lot of stress and chaos because of my father's addictions, my mother was able to you know uh, grasp her strength and get us out of that situation where we escaped my father's grasp. And we ended up uh, moving to the state of Michigan. Thankfully, without my grandmother, we would have probably been in a shelter on the streets, but she took us in and uh, we lived there for 10 years. And that was an incredibly uh, better, a, a much better environment just for the stability, not having the, the volatility of the addiction within the household. But as you would imagine, my mother, uh, being a single mom, uh, didn't sign up for raising three kids and you know, being the breadwinner. Uh, we had a very challenging upbringing for first world standards. We used to run out of money before we used to run out of month. I joke all the time that Taco Bell and fa fast food is a staple of my diet, not necessarily because I want it that way, uh, just you know, in the Midwest 30 years ago, and then also too, just you know, being short on uh, financial funds. Sometimes Taco Bell and fast food and some of the, the bad options, if you will, are more affordable, at least on the front end. So uh, that was really uh, the, the staple of my nutritional uh, perspective. But this all to say, 
very challenging in many ways, but also the silver lining is I understood the value of work ethic to see my mom, you know, pull enough courage to get us out of that situation, to understand the value of personal relationships and family relationships and really leaning on people and being there for people as well. Uh, so while I went through a, a rocky childhood, at the end of the day, it was a very valuable childhood and taught me a lot of li life lessons, lessons on overcoming adversity and, you know, developing yourself, self-mastery. These are all things that I still take with my, uh, with me today. And certainly a message that I want to share with your audience as well. Oh, thank you for sharing this story. And I think a lot of us can relate. Um, similarly, a very similar background in a lot of ways. And you do learn a lot of lessons grow up fast. And um, it's and it, it's an incredible thing when we can overcome our circumstances, because at the end of the day, we are not our circumstances. Amen. Um, yeah. Um, so then what next then as you as you kind of embarked on this journey? Yeah, great question. Thank you for asking. And I want to drill into one thing you just said about yeah. circumstances. And for me, there's a there's an, an adage that I always like to use. Circumstance does not change responsibility. So even at the end of the day, if you know, you're listening to this and you had a rough childhood and you had addiction in your household or or any other challenge as well, yeah, your circumstance, you know, might be challenging, but you still have a responsibility to yourself and your loved ones to continue to develop yourself, grow yourself, and be the better person. Um, so that way you can have that victor mindset, not victim. Um, so that's another message I want to reiterate because I was inspired of what you just shared, Laura. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. that It, it reminds me of uh, in my personal development journey, really understanding the difference between victim and responsible. And it's not to say that things don't happen in our lives and, and negative things, they may happen and we might get victimized at a, to a certain extent, but I just want to clarify for the audience too is victim mindset. If something happens in our lives and we're wrongfully treated, the experience happens, but sometimes we, and I know I did this for a long time. I grew up in a, a circumstance that was not healthy. Um, you know, just a very volatile upbringing and violent household, but the more I held on to that, even though those things weren't my fault, I still remained a, a victim in my mind for many, many years because I was blaming that on the reasons why I couldn't do something or the reason why I was so angry. And I took responsibility for how I felt. It doesn't mean that you're taking responsibility for the thing that happened. You're taking responsibility and taking re-ownership of your feelings, your emotions, and your direction in life. Um, so th thank you for pausing there on that really important point. Absolutely. I love that. I, I look at it as like victim being victimized as a situation, yep. which is true. Like we can all be victimized, right? But the having a victim, um, I guess, persona is more of a mindset that you don't want to take with you. You want to be able to overcome adversity and overcome challenges and take whatever you know situation that happened to you and really make that your message, make that your battling cry. Uh, so kindred spirits for sure, Laura. Thank you. For <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but this all, this all uh, to say, to answer your direct question, which I was just inspired about what was next. And uh, as I got on better, you know, uh, more stable soil, if you will, um, you know, throughout my late teens and my early childhood, you know, I developed a strong work ethic. You know, seeing my mom work, it only made sense for me to, to join forces. So um, by the time I graduated college, I had worked 17 jobs, um, put, donated, I used to donate blood plasma to put myself through school. So very um, proud at that. And uh, when I was 21,
21 years old, ended up uh, graduating and I got an internship, which then led to a full-time job in Southern California and spending 10 years in the Midwest. It was definitely a fun change of pace. And, you know, I was excited to be in LA, the sunshines, the beaches, the palm trees, all that Californian specifically LA has to offer. Um, But Laura, one thing I noticed very quickly is when you're 21 years young, you're 3000 miles from home, you don't have professional skills or a big network and you're not fit and not active. I didn't have the energy enthusiasm I do today. Uh, being very candid with you and your audience, I had more dark days than good. And I lived that way for a couple years in my move, which uh, many of your audience could probably relate to if you ever, you know, moved, uh, you know, outside of your home and been homesick and all that. These are just kind of, you know, common feelings uh, specific to human nature. But specifically for me, I didn't have that confidence, that enthusiasm I, uh, that I do now. And if I break that down, Laura, I didn't have fitness in my life. And a fortuitous situation happened, which really got me involved and inspired to become a fitness professional. One of my dear friends, a close friend to this day, his name's Adam. He was my first fitness mentor and we went to college together. He ended up moving to Southern California and we lived together for the better part of two years. And a little bit about Adam, uh, he was not on their cover of Men's Health, but he could have been. He had the six pack abs, the glistening muscles, <laughs> you know, all the girls look, uh, loved him. I certainly looked up to that. And finally, after a few months of living together, I mustered up enough courage, said, Adam, can you teach me about a little bit of this fitness game? And he turns to me and said, Bryce, I thought I would you would never ask. <laughs> But what he did was, which is so powerful, I think, from a coaching and mindset perspective, he made me commit for 90 days. He's like, Bryce, if you're going to ask me to give you help, I'm going to give you help. But I want you to do anything I ask you in the next 90 days. Train how I want you to train. Lift what I want you to lift. Eat what I want you to eat. And after the 90 days, if this is not for you, then all good. But if it is, I'm very confident that your life will be changed. And uh, I think that's a important, um, especially in the coaching uh, industry, which I'm in, getting someone's commitment about any time you go through a new journey is really important because let's face it, you know, those first few weeks, my muscles are screaming. I could barely sit in the toilet. I was so sore. I thought to myself, like, I cannot do this. However, I put one foot in front of the other, tapped into Adam's coaching. And while I trained with him for the better part of two years, hyper-focused over a six-month period, ended up dropping 20 pounds of body fat, put on 20 pounds of lean muscle. So I got the aesthetic uh, look and physicality that I was looking for. But Laura, way more than that, which is why I'm so passionate about fitness, (laughs) it just changes your life. And it did that for me. And it just infuriated me, infused me, I should say, with confidence, with energy, enthusiasm. And, you know, for my uh, first sales career, which I, you know, which brought me to Los Angeles, within a year of my transformation, Laura, nothing else had changed. The only thing that changed me was my fitness. I became one of the least performing sales rep in the company, all the way to the highest performing sales rep in the company. So for me, this is why I'm so passionate because sometimes uh, coaching clients will come and say, Bryce, I can't afford to be fit. And my response, Laura, is you cannot afford not to be fit. Yes, you're going to look great. You're going to feel great, but it's going to, uh, it's going to increase and add value in so many aspects of your life uh, from a relationship, from a work perspective. So for me, that was really the line in the sand. After going through that experience, I knew, you know what, fitness is something that I want to give that gift of fitness that was given to me. Oh, that there's so much goodness in that. And, you know, from a physiological standpoint and the, the, the impact that taking care of our fitness and our body and our well-being being can have on our brain function and even energetically, um, not just in our physical, woo, we have energy, I'm excited, but in our energy in terms of the things in our lives that we attract. And I love how when you were uh, working on yourself and 
really taking yourself on and putting yourself first, which a lot of people, they, we, we, I've done this. I'll put myself in that boat. We put other things before us and, you know, we have to put on our oxygen mask first so we can serve better in, in all areas of our life. So I think it's really interesting how, when you took yourself on, when you made a commitment and you carved out the time to put yourself first, it enabled you to do the work you were doing totally unrelated to fitness. It was like exponentially better. Amen. And that's exactly what happened. And especially, you know, Laura, if you're, you know, have, you know, strong women in your audience, I feel like, you know, you are the, uh, the, the home, uh, you take care of the house, you're doing, you know, taking care of the kids, you're, you know, working, you're just doing so many things. And a lot of our clients at Fit Body Bootcamp, the organization that run are women, and they're just hard charging, amazing ladies. Sometimes they put themselves last. And really the call to action is put yourself first. You don't have to put yourself first 24 hours a day, but invest at least an hour in you from your health, your wellness, your mindset perspective. And when you do that, in your words, Laura, when you put your options and masks on first, then you're better able to serve your family. You're better able to serve your team and your clients and your community. So, you know, shout out to all those hard charging women who just do so many awesome things and, you know, guys as well. But uh, I definitely resonated with what you just laid down there. Yeah. And you know, what else is coming to mind for me is you really have to be a leader you can't lead others or claim to be a leader if you're not willing to lead yourself. And so for you to show up for yourself in that way, that takes immense leadership. And so I know leadership is one of the things that you are really passionate about too, and that you talk about. Um, I'd love to drill down a little bit more about that. I mean, what's important in terms of leadership and, and the ability to lead others? Incredible question. It's interesting. I am a student of leadership. I teach it, but Lori, you, you broke it down very, very clearly. Like if you can't lead yourself first and foremost, you have no chance of leading, leading others. So a lot of the content and the advice that I give first and foremost, is for my audience to take action to lead themselves. And the best way that I know how to lead is through moral authority. When you walk your own talk, that attracts people, that vibrancy, that energy that we were talking about earlier, that's actually what makes people attracted to you. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways I look at leadership. I have a framework I call the five C's. Uh, so the first one is clarity. The second one is courage. The third one is connection. The fourth is communication. The last one, fifth one is consistency. And I'll break those down very high level. Yeah. But- from a clarity perspective, you know, if you're leading yourself first and foremost, you have to have a vision for your life. How does your life want to look? Do you want to be married? Do you want to have a spouse? Do you don't have kids. What's your work look like? Only you know that. So first and foremost, if you want to develop your leadership skills, you have to have leadership skills and great clarity for yourself first and foremost. And once you do that for yourself, then other people can join forces and buy into your vision. So that's why I always like to start my uh, framework with clarity. The second is courage. Sometimes you just know what to do, but it's just needing the courage to take that next step. You know, we know that we need to work out a few times a week. We know that we need to drink water. We know that we need to connect with our loved ones and develop our relationships. Sometimes it's just having the courage, the guts to say, you know what? I know this is, there's friction there. This is not something I want to do, but I need to do. So courage is the second component. For me, the third one is connection. 
And what I've learned, Laura, about leadership is number one, you need to lead yourself, but number two, you need to lead others. And the best way to do that is through relationships. And, you know, I'm fortunate. I feel so blessed to lead an organization of over 60,000 people, both clients and, you know, gym owners and coaches. And what I, you know, uh, effectually tell my team is I'm in the relationship business. I'm always looking to build relationships with my team, create uh, deeper connections, because when people feel heard and they feel understood, then their, their guard drops and they're able to be able to provide you influence, you know, over their direction. And really, if you break leadership down, leadership is influence. Uh, so that's the connection piece, uh, the communication piece. I mean, leaders are communicators. It's about communicating your vision. And that could be on a podcast that could be written, that could be in a meeting that could be in stage on stage with 500 people. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that you can communicate. Um, but it's really, really important to be able to communicate clear expectations, what exactly what you want, and also the vision of your organization. And uh, the last C in the framework is consistency. And we all know this to be true. Human nature, we value someone who's consistent. You know, while sometimes uh, it can be, you know, exciting to see someone who, you know, jumps in a new workout and they crush a three-hour workout, but then really they don't they don't maintain that. And the best way to get best re better results from a fitness perspective or even a business perspective isn't necessarily thinking that you need to eat the whole elephant at once. Once it's right. just taking small small bite-sized you know chunks, if you will, but doing that consistently over the long term. And what I can tell you to be true and for your audience. When you apply these principles and frameworks to yourself first and foremost, when you can lead yourself, then what happens is people take notice and you become gravity. People start becoming attracted to you and follow your mission. So that was very high level and a little five minute download, but really that's the, the value that I see in leadership and why I'm so passionate because when you can lead yourself and lead others, holy smokes, uh, you can really move mountains together. Oh, absolutely. And I love this framework. I love it on the individual level. And then I see it applicable in the, you know, organizational level, because you still, as a team, as an organization, you know, you, you've got to have all these things, the clarity, the collective courage, right, to, uh, to just do it connection and relationship with other stakeholders and other people that impact your mission that communication and the consistency in everything you do. I mean, I, and I love it on the individual level because I firmly believe how you do one thing is how you do everything. Ooh, we are kindred spirits. Lord. <laughs> yes, I completely buy into that, uh, that, that thought and that mindset as well. Yeah. And so clearly, you know, this framework was something that had to have been important to you on many levels when you transitioned to where you are today. So tell me a little bit about this because we were talking backstage and you, oh, yeah. I loved how you said, uh, I went from I, rewriting my story. I had, I went from mess to message, sharing the message. So I, I know there's some goodness in there. I'd love for you to share. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, you know, certainly I'll kind of dive back in, but uh, you know, again, from a leadership perspective, it's super, super important to me to, to continue lead myself, so I can lead others as well. Um, kind of diving back in the story, you know, how this all came to be in terms of, you know, me uh, then formally getting in the fitness industry and then ultimately becoming the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. After I went through my transformation that we just shared, I just got inspired and my sales career was cranking. So I thought, okay, this is great. I'm on a great path, but I had this internal calling to help others. And 
and I thought, you know what? Fitness was so foundational, instrumental in my life. I want to give that uh, gift back. So I did the most logical thing I possibly could do. And I enrolled myself through National Academy of Sports Medicine, which is the gold standard of personal training. And I went through that and I started, you know, training some clients in the nights and weekends. And right about that time, uh, the founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, who is a business partner, a dear friend, and a mentor of mine named Bedros Koulian, uh, started serving me uh, ads uh, talking about how to launch a business, how to grow a business. And, um, you know, I hadn't heard of Bedros at the time, but I got on his email list. And over a period of two years, I, you know, was studying and, and really developing myself, continuing with my fitness, you know, bettering myself from a sales perspective. But this internal bur burning of becoming a business owner and launching my own thing um, was there and was starting to grow. And as I, you know, learned a little bit more about Fit Body Bootcamp, which was the fr uh, licensee program that Bedros was talking about transitioning into a, a proper franchise system. This is, you know, in 2012. So this is over a decade ago. Um, but when I learned a little bit more about that opportunity that not only could help one person, but I could help many people in my community from a fitness and fat loss perspective, you know, I, uh, it was, I was hooked lined and sinkered in. And what I mean by that is I did all the diligence I possibly could uh, for a handful of months. I did the research I put in the application. And finally, in the summer of 2012, I did the most exciting, but also, Laura, the most scariest thing in my life. And I invested my life savings in this little dream of business ownership through Fit Body Bootcamp. And I got the doors open um, in, a, in a, a city called Yorba Linda, which is a sleepy little uh, town uh, in Orange County, California, next to Disneyland. And that was the start of my business, fitness business, uh, business journey. And this is the end of 2012 by the time we launched. I'm going to give you the highlights. Um, yeah. But there was a lot of low lights and learning lessons, which also from a leadership uh, perspective, Laura, you know, the framework that I've built is, isn't because I'm this grandiose, awesome leader from the start. I'm a work in progress like we all are. But one thing I've learned for sure is that I've made a lot of mistakes and then I've learned from those mistakes, reflected those mistakes. And that's actually what's been able to help me in my leadership endeavor. But this all to say to kind of put a bow on my, my fitness business experience from the years of 2012 to 2018, I ended up uh, making a family affair. I recruited my wife, my brother, my mom, my sister. We ended up scaling to five locations, a, my, a, a majority of them in Southern California. I opened one with my brother in Michigan, which is where I grew up as uh, indicated earlier, and just made it an awesome family uh, family thing where we'd you know, build a, a gym in the location or in the community. Uh, we'd bring in a bunch of members, give them you know great fitness and fat loss results. And that was my first six years of business ownership, my experience. And again, I'm giving you the highlights right now, becoming- yeah most successful owners in the business, but uh, there was a lot of lowlights and learning lessons as well. But really that is what set the tone for Bedros, uh, our founder, uh, to take notice of me and the success of that six-year period of opening a handful of locations to eventually reach out and make me the vice president and then ultimately the CEO, CEO offer of our brand. Oh, what an incredible journey. And I just, <laughs> I'm thinking about when you just said, I took my entire life savings and opened this, you know, that, that first gym. I, I know that there are people out there listening who they know they're meant for so much more. And it sounds like, cause you use the word, I, my calling was to do this. Um, and so often we have that sense that we should do something or follow a certain path and that fear stops us dead in our tracks. Yes. And I know, I, I mean, starting my own business, I was scared, you know, leaving something that I'd known for so long and it was comfortable in. How did you kind of get your mind around that fear so you could just plow through it? Ooh, 
incredible question because that fear, I mean, it's true. I was so excited in one hand, but I was just terrified in the other. Yeah. And I think it's okay though. And I think it's a good message because sometimes, you know, we look at other people and think, oh, they're fearless. You know, they accomplish all these things. It's no, like they feel the fear too. They just do it anyway. And I think that's an incredible message for your audience today as well. But for me, uh, I think the foundation, there's a two-part answer. The foundation was the passion. It was burning this kind of growing desire. And I always had this inclination of kind of charting my own path, but it didn't happen overnight either. It was this kind of slow building, you know, burning phase. So by the time I got fit, which was in 2007, from the time then, uh, or by the time I got fit from 2007 to the time that I opened my first location was actually five years. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong or good or bad, but there was a, a growth opportunity. It wasn't like I had, I first got fit and all of a sudden tomorrow I'm opening uh, a fitness uh, gym. Right. But that was a good thing. It allowed me to become a student of fitness, understand you know the kinesiology, really understand how things worked with my body and whatnot. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I started learning the business acumen and started investing in personal growth. So it was, it definitely took a little time from the initial kind of feeling, if you will, by the time I started executing. And that was a good thing. It was part of my, my path. The other thing that I realized is, you know, Laura, and if you're listening to this right now, you know this to be true. We have one shot at this uh, experience called life. We have one spin around the globe. And I thought to myself, you know, at that pivotal moment, am I going to look back at my life when I'm 80, 90, 100 years old and, and, and hope, live with regret that, you know what, I should have made that move and I did not want to do that. So for me, that was really the, what, what was the straw that broke the camel's back to really give me that enough you know, push and momentum to take that leap of faith. And the last thing though, uh, Laura, on that, uh, on that note, um, as I said, it's gonna be a couple parted answer. There was also a very calculated risk. I didn't just jump into something blind. Uh, I took the time, I researched the franchise. I took a little bit of time to make sure, Hey, this was the right experience and the right move for me. So I didn't shotgun this decision. It was a very well, well thought out and calculated decision. But when I weighed in all the decisions that I, you know, made sure I did my diligence at the end of the day, I realized I have one shot this thing. Thing and I, I don't want to live with regret. So I'm going to go all in. I'm going to give everything that I that I can. And if it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, I know I'm going to learn a lot in the process. And I believe myself, even if this endeavor didn't work out, I trusted myself enough to pivot and figure out some other path that worked. And, you know, for me, as uh, we're talking on this uh, podcast in 2023, 11 years from the time that I made that, yeah. you know, leap of faith, it worked out for me. It wasn't an overnight success. Um, but I'm glad it did. And hopefully I can provide a little bit of inspiration, motivation, and also some tactical uh, skill sets and approach uh, for your audience who can you know, live their bliss, take action, and really uh, build something great. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, it's, you know, we all have that fear and we have a decision to make when we're faced with it. And on the other side of it is, is the new version of us. And I love that you connected with that passion, um, looked kind of like, Hey, fast forward toward the end of my days. Will I have regrets if I don't do this? And I, the piece that people don't see is the hard work and the, the underneath the surface, you know, the, the research and the studying and, you know, you were driven by your gut and intuition, but you also leveraged that analytical aspect of yourself by weighing the information and then ultimately taking that plunge and, and deciding it's worth it. This dream is worth it. And I love that. Um, gosh, I, we could be talking for days and days. I know this, <laughs> but I would love to know, um, how people could connect with you and, um, learn more from you. Cause you have, you, you have such a wealth of knowledge. 
Well, thank you, Laura. Um, a lot of ways, if you look at our organization online, Google Fit Body Bootcamp would be the best way to find us. But uh, I also have a podcast as well, which I teach business and mindset and self-mastery and personal growth, uh, which is called the Fitness CEO uh, Podcast. That's the Fitness CEO Podcast. So that would be the best way uh, to continue to connect. And of course, if you got value and want to follow along uh, with leadership content, with mindset content, with business and fitness content, you can find me on social at Real Bryce Henson. Not to be confused with fake Bryce Henson, but uh, that's my Instagram, Facebook, social media, all the social media handle where you can find me there. Fabulous. And we will have your links in the show notes. So if you're listening today, um, I highly encourage you to uh, go to his podcast, go to the website, connect and um, and and learn. I, I really love your energy, the message that you're sharing. And there are so many different topics we could we could have connected on. But is there anything that you feel we missed that you'd like to share with our audience before we close for today? Ooh, I wasn't thinking something initially, but something you just said about um, you know bringing uh, running through the tape and bringing your end of your life kind of for for to the front. And really, for me, that's the foundation of my philosophy philosophy, which is Stoic philosophy. I'm a Stoic philosopher in terms of a student of that, if you will. And there's a lot of different ways that you can break uh, Stoic philosophy down. Number one is about understanding what's in your control and what's out of your control. And so many times, people have so much anxiety and depression about things that are outside their control, and even easier said than done. It's a process, but focusing completely 100% on only things within your control and your influence has really made the difference for me. And then really, uh, as you just mentioned, bringing my death, which sounds cold, but the end of the day, we're all going to die. So that's the call to action is live with urgency, live with passion. And if you can bring your death closer to your existence right here, and I learned this from Steve Jobs years ago, the late Steve Jobs of Apple, it really gives you so much clarity in your life. And those have been some guiding principles, you know, for me and my philosophy. So I guess that's my uh, uh, final message, I guess specifically the final message, which I end my podcast, which is so true along the lines of, of stoicism is no one is coming to save you. You <laughs> must save yourself. My friends, the time is now. So Laura, that would be the best way that I sign off. And I hope I inspired some people today. And Laura, it's been an incredible experience with you. Thank you so much. It's been very, very engaging. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for pouring into our audience. Um, and for those of you listening, definitely reach out. I really appreciate you joining us today on Rat Race Reboot. Remember, everything is created twice. First in your imagination and then in physical form. So we'll see you again next week. Have a wonderful week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.